Even though you would sometimes disagree with him, he would listen. There are things that we can be doing right now to have open dialogue, to get public input, and to be able to make solid decisions for the state of Alaska. You know, politics, Mr. President, in my estimation, is a character test. It's time for another edition of the Empty Office Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mason. Today's podcast features the keynote speech that Senator Lukey Gale Tobin delivered on February the 4th to school board members from across Alaska as part of the Association of Alaska School Board's annual legislative fly-in. During her speech, Senator Tobin talked about an influential teacher in her life and discussed her commitment to adequately funding public education in the state of Alaska. You know, I've been thinking a lot about what I wanted to say over the course of this week, and it's really intimidating being up here in front of a room full of education champions. How can I be motivational and inspirational for folks who motivate and inspire education across the state of Alaska? Mostly, I just want to sound super smart, so whatever I say, think, wow, she sounded super smart. (laughs) It's interesting because this week, I have been listening to a lot of education testimony And at the end of it, President Stevens has been asking folks, what kept you in school? Why did you continue? And I've heard a lot of various answers. Things like it was sports or after school activities or clubs or good teachers. And it's been making me think about what kept me in school. And to be really honest, my education journey didn't start out very great. I am a hyper minority. And growing up, being different than everyone else was really hard. There was a lot of teasing, and there was a lot of bullying. And as it got a lot worse, my mom decided to send me to Nome to be with my father. And in Nome, two major life-changing things happened. The very first day of seventh grade, this young red-headed girl came up and said, do you want to go to a Girl Scouts meeting at my house? And the second thing was my homeroom teacher said my name correctly. His name was Andre Mandela, and he was a big dude. He still is a big dude, but he's lost a little bit of weight. He's probably well over six foot, at the time weighed over 300 pounds, and he's French-Canadian, so he has this accent. And he was a new teacher that first year. He, he is amazing. He is probably one of the best teachers I've ever had. And his classes are the classes of legends. Everyone in my grade, grades below me, has an Andre Van Delden story. His classes were tough. They were really challenging. And he had high expectations of us to perform. And once we met all of his expectations, he added new ones. He decided to offer an AP class. And then he decided that we should enroll in correspondence classes to get college credit. He just kept changing the goalposts farther and farther out. But he was my homeroom teacher my entire high school career. He became our senior class advisor. And after I finished school and graduated, he became a cross-country coach. That's how he lost all his weight. And then he also was a wrestling weightlifting coach. He just was a really good teacher. And he was a good teacher because my sophomore year, my guidance counselor asked me a question. He asked if I was interested in applying to be a US Senate page. And that would mean I'd have to move to Washington, D.C. and take classes at 6 a.m. in the morning before I would work all day on the Senate floor for Senator Frank Murkowski. And lo and behold, I got accepted. 
And then I decided I didn't want to go. It was going to be too daunting. It was going to be too different. It was going to be too scary to be away from my family. And I think Andre heard about this, the pipeline. And he pulled me aside one day and he said, you're not that important. <laughs> and I'm sure the look on my face caused him to clarify. Because he said, you know, I've heard that you're worried about the cross-country team. I've heard that you're worried about the basketball team not having a captain. Somebody else will step up. I know you were concerned about your junior class. Next year is prom, and you want to be here as the class president to micromanage everyone, and someone else will become class president. It's going to be okay, but if you don't take advantage of this opportunity, you won't continue to challenge yourself. So obviously I said yes, because here I am today. I now have the term senator in front of my name. And he was the one that really inspired me to think bigger than myself, to push farther than I thought I could go. That's what good teachers do. That's what makes a good teacher. Be a life changer, a change agent. And so I've been thinking about what made Andre a good teacher. Why was he so transformational? And maybe it's because he was able to spend all of his summers relaxing. He didn't have to take a second job. He got to rest and be rejuvenated and really think about his next school year. Maybe it's because he had subsidized teacher housing. He didn't have to worry about where he was going to live or where his family was going to thrive. Maybe it's because he didn't worry about his retirement because he had a state pension. Maybe it was because he had support from the community and he was accepted and integrated into the space because he had the resources to go to every basketball game, to go to every cross-country meet, and to buy every box of Girl Scout cookies I asked him to buy. <laughs> Andre had the supports he needed to do his job well. And so did my bus driver, Warren, who was my bus driver my entire high school career. And so was my school librarian, well-supported, Mrs. Wolf, whose husband was our science teacher. Because Andre was well supported, he was able to do his job exceptionally well. And I know this because not only of my story, but because of the story of everyone else I know who had him as a teacher. That redheaded girl I mentioned before, she's now a math teacher at ASD. And she's a math teacher at ASD because of Andre. And she'll tell you that. She'll actually be here on Monday. And her parents are the ones who were here for my swearing in, the ones I introduced on the floor. I also know that Andre was exceptional because one of Megan's teachers, my redheaded best friend, one of her students is a Senate page here in Juneau. That's, that's the legacy of good teachers. So I've been thinking a lot about what my role is in trying to help you ensure that there are good teachers in your schools. And I'm going to ask for your indulgence before I wrap up here. So let me talk about what I think that might be. I think good teachers come from good policy. And policy making is hard. It's way harder being a senator than it was a staffer. I'm being very honest here. As a staffer, I didn't have to worry about politicking. I didn't have to worry about sectarianism. I really didn't have to worry about much except identifying evidence-based practices and then convincing my boss to let me put it into legislation and have him work really hard to get it passed. <laughs> Over the last four years, there was many times I wanted to quit Senator Benich's office. 
when I didn't get my way and I didn't get something into the policy, I was ready to say, let's give up. And he would remind me that legislation is incremental. We make small steps. And now as a PhD student who's currently working on a terminal degree in culturally responsive education, inclusive education, I really know that the core, that how we keep our kids in schools is rooted in local knowledge. It makes sure that every student feels seen and heard. And it does the things that Andre did for me. But we don't live in a dictatorship. Obviously, I'm not going to get my way. And that everyone sees the facts and interprets them differently. And I know I'm going to fight like hell for the things that I care about. And I know I'm going to be a champion for the things that matter. But what I'm going to ask for you is to help support me in that endeavor. It's really easy to throw rocks at people and say, well, you're not doing enough, or you're not doing it the way that I want. But good policy is incremental. We make small steps. And that doesn't mean I don't want to hear your feedback or I don't want to hear your criticism. And I definitely encourage you to show up at everyone's doorstep in Juneau and give us that insight. Because we're not working in schools. We're not working in the communities like you are. But what we need to do is think about how we balance all of this together. I also serve on the Health and Social Services Committee. And this last two weeks, I've heard about starving families, starving people because our public assistance program is broken. And I have to balance that in my head with also knowing what's happening in our schools. I have to balance the needs of our communities around the needs of our individual interests. And it's really hard. It is not an easy way to figure out how we do this and how we make sure that we keep rising the tide together. But one of the things I do know is as we make those incremental changes, as we do good in the world, someday we're all gonna look back and see the legacy that we've left behind. And I know this because Andre emailed me the day I won my election. And he said, I knew it. That was the, that was the email. That's what happens when you look back and see how far you've come. So I want to thank you so much for having me and allowing me to read my speech. And I'm looking forward to questions that you might have. And I promise I will try to answer them succinctly. I am trying to be the inaugural member of the Reading Caucus. <laughs> been listening to the Empty Office podcast presented by the office of Senator Lukey Gale Tobin. Please refer the podcast to your friends and family. I'm your host, Mike Mason. Until next time, be safe out there.